0: Welcome to episode thirty-five of the Animal Addicts podcast. Today we start our deep dive into the Pacific Ocean and the islands within it. Although today's animals do not reside in the deepest parts of the ocean, our favorites this week can be found along the shores, ranging anywhere from Canada down to Mexico. And we're willing to bet you've seen our animal of the week before. So without further ado, let's dive into episode thirty-five. Of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Sally. And Casey. And this time we can run for president. Yay, our podcast can. Yay.
1: Animal Addicts 2024.
0: (laughs) And it is a natural born citizen. Yes. It has not had residency now for 14 years, and it's also not 35 years old. (laughs) But anyway, all right. Um, The world would be better if Animal Addicts 2024 could be a thing. We can become a pack. Oh, the American medical <laughs> system. So great. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. No. Um, we're going to talk about a whole new, go with me on this one, folks, illumination of animals. As in, we're going to illuminate your minds to some animals you don't know about. That one's a stretch, we know. Mm-hmm. But there's only so many words for groups yeah. it with different letters. So we're continuing on with this, even if we have to stretch it. But Casey, what have you been up to since last we uh, last we chatted?
1: I attempted to do something, but it did not work. Okay. So I have this little cardboard box full of my pinned insects I've collected, and for my <laughs> your it's face. It's just like
0: I know, like <laughs> there's there for a purpose. But if I just found that, I'm like <laughs> serial killer. This what the? <laughs> I turned it off. <laughs> So the timer went off. But I would see that and I would think serial killer. Anyway,
1: <laughs> right, continue. Yeah, so. But my family got me this little display um, box with a glass panel, and I was going to put my in- pinned insects in there. And then I opened it, I took out the stuffing that was in it, and then I realized it's very shallow. <laughs> oh,
0: they
1: don't fit? No, not even. Cl- it's not even close. Oh. <laughs> I would have to do it. They would have to be laying flat, and you can't do that because they're on pins. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with the display box, because I'm pretty sure we can't return it
0: now. No. <laughs> you just display something else in it.
1: Yeah, I don't know what... I just didn't realize how shallow it was. That's weird. Yeah.
0: Did you ask for it, and then they bought it for you, or was this like a...
1: It was a request, and they got it to me as a Christmas present. I didn't realize it was that shadow. Always a...
0: read the dimensions, Casey. I did. It
1: was the frame dimensions I read. I didn't look at depth.
0: Okay, always read all the dimensions, Casey. I
1: don't even know if it was listed in my defense.
0: <laughs>
1: Reading is not my strong suit. It
0: probably was. Most things are are listed. Because <laughs> I've had to buy yeah. by like, furniture and other things. I always look at the dimensions. Because mm-hmm. it but, matters.
1: But now my mom got me um, a shelf. And... It's white now, so I'm not hanging up now because white does not match my room. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put all my, a bunch of my other specimen stuff on the shelf. I have...
0: going to walk in there and I have a
1: It's fossils and a few insects.
0: Okay. I mean, fossils don't strike me that way. <laughs> but I just imagine jars of, like, animals <laughs> and, like, the formaldehyde and stuff, you know?
1: I don't have those yet.
0: Oh, God. Yet yep. please never have that.
1: What? They're cool.
0: That is how freaking evil And
1: we use ethanol more often happen. than formaldehyde. I'm
0: so sorry, okay.
1: Formaldehyde's a carcinogen.
0: Okay. <laughs> well anyway, so that did not go so well. No. It, Alright.
1: It's pin, it's like oh you won't close. Okay.
0: Sad times. <laughs> and yeah. so you have learned, folks, read all the dimensions when purchasing things, especially online, which we have to do a lot these days. Also, maybe try not to buy from Amazon, just for a while. So
1: I don't know if it was from Amazon. Certain
0: people don't need more money. Anyway, um, well, I had to take Tiger Lily to her second annual checkup and to get her shots and everything. And as expected, she is fat, <laughs> and we're in trouble with the vet because, I mean, she didn't like, lecture me. I was like, she's definitely heavy. I'm like, somebody in the house keeps slipping her extra food. So I'm going to have to be very careful. So we're at a point now where I have to count her calories. Because mm. if not, she has to full on go on a diet food that she's not going to like. And probably get like no treats ever. So I'm going to have to like count her calories and probably pre-portion all of her stuff. So get that her she treadmill. Doesn't eat too much. She gets a zoomies multiple times a day and goes nuts. Mm. But it's not enough.
1: I remember I saw this video. It was a cat. Um, They have, like, it's typically a wheel for, like, rats and chilies. It's huge. And the cat would go on it and run zoomy, zoomy, zoomy. Then go up the plop.
0: (laughs) I've seen those wheels. And they had it at one of the rescues that my friend um, fosters for. Mm -hmm. They have it at their rescue. It's really cool. I don't think she would use that. I don't know. She's very difficult. I also Mm. had my consultation for my surgery. And it's Mm. a video chat. And then she hears me talking to someone. So My
1: conversation speaking. was not via video chat.
0: Your surgery was a little more serious. I still Oi. have to go under anesthesia, though. Yes. But I don't have to be like... By
1: wait, anyway, it's so Stop true. That. I'm guilty. I knew going in what was going to happen because they told me about it beforehand. Yeah. Men, whenever we wake up for anesthesia, we freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I calm down quicker than most, though. I will give myself that. You're but like, like I men just wake up when and they behind? what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, but like men when they wake up from anesthesia and nurse were telling me is like they're always freaking out moving all over the place and it's like Casey, Casey, you're right. It's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, that's so weird. I wonder what yeah. that would be a difference. I don't know. That's strange. I think you just slept, basically, that's it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yeah, so that'll be fun. But anyway, I'm talking yeah. to him and she's being a brat in the background and I have to be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have a cat and she is difficult with my other like video chat with my primary care doctor before I had to just pick her up she was being so difficult and mm. just like was holding her in the frame which she hates so she was also complaining about that but at least she wasn't knocking things over. Anyway, but yeah so she's fat so now I have to count calories and I got a new food that a lot of things liked online which I haven't tried yet.
1: Is it brand I know?
0: It's Tiki cat. <laughs> It was recommended before um, with Affy some Mm -hmm. of their food, I think it was a higher calorie to help put weight on. This one has had recommendations for losing weight. So I don't know because I've never tried this brand before, but I'm gonna try it and see if it seems to help. And then um, if not, then we'll have to actually go to diet. This isn't a diet one, but it was saying for cats that are a little heavier, it's better food. I don't know, I'll get back to you folks.
1: I remember we had a Natural Balance, I think had one called fat
0: cat or something mm-hmm. yeah i think it is for not bounce yeah yeah so I, like, I might have to go to something like that but yeah. i she shouldn't be fat like afi when she was younger she got fat and then i because i was free feeding her mm-hmm. and i was like oh i can't free feed this cat yeah so then when i started you know um not free 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 feeding anymore but like feeding her at certain times a day then she was at a really healthy weight until she got old and then she had yeah. weight on her but, she, but I was able to get her without having to go through prescription diets with stuff because it's pretty useless, honestly. I mean, it works for some things, but it's like you can just feed them less or do mm-hmm. an over-the-counter. You don't need a prescription for the most part, for yep. most parts. Um
1: Just reminds me of all the people that get pissed off at us for rec- requiring them to have the prescription.
0: For the food, yeah. I mean, I get the argument that, like, I wouldn't want to spend this much money, but, like, it's a prescription. Yeah. It's not that hard to understand.
1: I do remember one time, though, I met somebody who had the wrong prescription for three months and was getting the
0: wrong prescription. Yeah, I had one, too, and they were like, oh, they've been giving this. I'm like, well, then they could get fired because they're giving you the wrong, we're supposed to check. And so many times when people would have, like, a dog food, but they're picking up the cat food, Mm -hmm. or vice versa. I'm like, you need dog. (laughs) Wrong one. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, funds of animal retail stuff. But anyway, so we'll see how that food goes. Um, I was trying to avoid grain-free, though, in everything she eats Mm -hmm. because I just don't really believe that's the best thing unless they actually have an allergy, although it seems to affect dogs more negatively than cats. I haven't heard about it affecting cats negatively yet, but unfortunately, this one I think is also grain-free. It's like Mm -hmm. chicken and egg. It's weird. Egg. I know. Weird. So we'll see. Otherwise, she's going to have to go on. I think
1: typically it's potato or potato starch that they'll use as the binding ingredient in those
0: yeah so we'll see but she she's also
1: insanely high in carbohydrates
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see if she's able to lose any weight but i the biggest problem is she's overfed yeah and somebody just falls for her being cute <laughs> and then i'm like don't just it was like really when
1: i, I live with my um grandparents um, they were like that with my cats. They're like they were well behaved, because we didn't give in to them begging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then they came in. Yep. They just gave them. Away.
0: It's like it's no. Like, Stop.
1: Yeah, they actually end up being worse than our dog. Yeah. <laughs> when it came to begging. She's
0: pretty bad about it. She's really bad. And yeah. she, when you're getting her wet food ready, mm-hmm. she there's a little like a little stool next to the kitchen counter where we usually do it. Also, anytime you go into that side of the kitchen, she thinks you're gonna feed her. I'm like I'm just getting a glass to get a drink. But she'll stand there, and it takes a while because she has to have Fortiflora because she has issues digestively, Mm -hmm. and she won't eat the probiotic treat. So now I have to get the expensive (laughs) Fortiflora all the time. And then we have to mix into her food, so that takes longer. So then at dinner time versus breakfast time, then she's sitting there, and after a while, she, like, puts her feet on the counter Mm -hmm. and starts, like, patting, like, hawing at you, like, hello, feed me. (laughs) And it's like, I'm aware that you're there.
1: I do remember seeing this one cat whenever it was a kitten – Whenever the owners were getting the wet food ready, she'd dive and climb up onto the counter and start eating it off the so counter.
0: crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she is a little food. Oh, my gosh. And then if you sit in the treat seat, then she's yeah. going to expect treats.
1: Yeah, my, turtles, my turtle thinks whenever I get up, I'm going to feed him. And I was <laughs> like, stop it. You're not getting fed. When I, I use a little... Plastic fish as, like, a enrichment. I put his food in there for him to bite at in order to knock the food out. Mm-hmm. Whenever I fill that up, I have to sit on my bed facing away from him. So he doesn't see it. So he doesn't see it and go as
0: insane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. He's like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so we'll have to update. I mean, it'll take at least a couple months for her to drop weight, but... She and me both. Mm-hmm. I need to lose a lot of weight, too. But there's not much exercising I can do. And then now I'm trying to, like, dance more and do more, like, workouty stuff. And, of course, she's so helpful when it comes yeah. to that. Especially when I have tap shoes on. I'm like, don't come in here. If I kick you, it's going to really hurt.
1: <laughs> Completely off topic. But now that we've been talking about weight loss, it makes me think of the show, My 600-pound Life. Yeah. <laughs> my Whenever I'm watching it on TLC, my sister comes in and is like, how can you watch this? <laughs> it's like... It gives me positive vibes.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, like, not necessarily hate watching, yeah. but it's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that. But we should move on. Yes, we should. Into animal thingies that we're actually supposed to talk about today. So, yes. Casey, what did you want to talk to? I definitely read this wrong, by the way. What do you think it said? Um. I read Sea uh, Star Wars Syndrome. Wars? Yeah, I was like, Star Wars. That's. that's nice. <laughs> like, I think I read it as warzing, and I was like, that's weird. Anyway, continue.
1: Yes, so, there's a problem with sea stars that's been going on for a long time.
0: Starfish. Anyway,
1: yep. I will forever call them sea stars, because they are not fish. They are echinoderms. But it
0: is prettier. Anyway, continue.
1: (laughs) But anyway, so there's a serious decline in sea star populations, and it has been attributed to a disease called sea star wasting syndrome. Okay. Yes. So... What happens is this, the sea stars become very weak and eventually they develop lesions and then their arms and everything falls apart.
0: Oh no! Yes. That's bad.
1: Mm-hmm. And for a long time it was suspected that it was actually caused by a virus. But several studies have reviewed to find um, any kind of evidence that supports this hypothesis, so that has been rejected. Okay. And new research has been published in frontiers in microbiology and has found that it's actually a bacteria that lives on the sea star and it's not it's not an infection but rather this bacteria are sucking up all the oxygen and the sea stars are suffocating
0: whoa yes but and how the- does that make things fall apart just because they're suffocating i guess that's just them disintegrating
1: they need oxygen for their muscles okay. and they have a very different skeletal structure because ours is just a bunch of different attachments and it's, we're like the stick man. Okay, yeah. There is like a lattice network of tiny little bones all stitched together by muscles. Oh. So if they're not going to get adequate oxygen, they can't sustain it and then cells will die and then they fall apart.
0: Ugh. okay.
1: Yes, so that makes a significant change in our hypotheses around this because now it's gone from some kind of infection to an ecological interaction, mm, okay. yes. But even though it is not an infection that's causing it, it can still be spread from sea star to sea star, because when the sea star that's infected dies, it will decay, that encourages bacterial growth, and then that can get spread on to other sea stars in the area.
0: Ew, yeah. that's gross, so how do you combat that?
1: That's what further research is gonna be doing now. Okay. But now we have a better understanding of the disease and that allows us a better starting point on how to treat sea stars that are afflicted by it and how to better improve the ecosystem. Because several sea stars are important species and without them ecosystems fall apart. Great. Which is happening up and down the coast.
0: Everywhere, I mean the yeah. ocean and just in general. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how like one yeah. thing can affect so many yes. things.
1: And they also have to deal with um, ocean acidification.
0: You mean them getting this because of the acidification?
1: No, or that's they're another contributing problem. Contributing to it. Another problem is um, ocean acidification because of CO two in the atmosphere. That's causing the oceans become more acidic, mm-hmm. and that affects their skeletal structure because okay. it's made of calcium carbonate. I believe it's calcium carbonate. Yeah, pretty sure. Is it actually?
0: Pretty sure. I just realized. By no. the way,
1: also don't buy sea stars from Little ocean markets Mm -hmm. because because of when they die they don't stay solid like that because it's like a lattice network in their skeleton so they have to be taken out of the water and dried off while they're alive in order to be like that Mm -hmm. so yeah don't buy those
0: that makes me feel bad because when Mm -hmm. I did Little Mermaid I had this like sea star like clip thing Mm -hmm. we got from some
1: yeah my mom got my mom had these things from when I was a kid they were sea stars that she got from some shop
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, well that's sad.
1: Yes, but the mystery of sea star wasting syndrome is no longer a mystery.
0: Yay, but it's and so bad. Yeah,
1: but at least we have a better understanding of what to do.
0: Okay, all right, well is that it for sea stars? Yes, okay. for now. Oh goodness, so now we're on to happier things, like cute seals breeding. This would huh, have been better
1: for the last episode.
0: Also, how dare you? I chose it here for a reason. Okay. Um, Go away. Okay. So, um, because people are terrible, as usual, right? These seals are having to breed in new places. They're innovating Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're not able to breed where most seals breed on a beach. Actually, speaking of... Well, not... Whatever. Segway. Not really a segway. One of the draws of San Diego, of course, is La Jolla Cove. Yes. And the children's pool, which some a-holes get upset about oh, because yeah. the seals have taken it over to have their pups. It's a really great place for them to have their pups. Mm-hmm. And people get mad because, like, it was built as a children's pool for children to be able to play in the ocean. Like, um, but the children want to look at the seals. So, yeah. like, fuck off. Anyway, if you ever come to San Diego. Seals were
1: here first anyway.
0: Yeah. If you ever come to San Diego, <laughs> it's a really cool place to go, La Jolla Cove, to look at the seals. There's also, like, a lot of um waterfowl, so to speak. I go snorkeling there. Yeah, I haven't. That's a good place to circle. Yeah, I found leopard sharks. Sharks.
1: Yeah, we went looking for sharks and we found leopard sharks. are going to eat
0: the seals again. Um, <laughs> we
1: don't get great whites that close in.
0: Well, people have died off San Diego with great whites, but whatever. That's fine.
1: Yes, but that's further out than when you're at the- <laughs> If you're
0: in the children, You can't go there. For the seals <laughs>
1: anyway. Um- <laughs> Doesn't stop you. I've seen idiots. Oh, no, no. And
0: also, that's another thing. Like, if you go there, stay behind the ropes. Like, people constantly go out there. I brought, when I had a friend out from Germany. I'd By the way, there.
1: that's also illegal. Under Ring mantle Protection Act.
0: It is, and also it's stupid, because you can get bit. Yeah. Um, and things have happened where it's caused problems for the pups and everything. But anyway, so don't go out there. Just look at them from a distance. They're super yeah, cute. Yeah, don't
1: kill a seal pup, because mothers, when they're spooked, will abandon them and not come back.
0: Yeah, which is a big problem. So don't go out there. Just stay behind the little, like, it's usually like a little ropey thing that they have. Just stay behind that. Yeah, I've seen people go up, and they're, like, right next to a seal. Like, oh, yeah,
1: I've we'll seen them, like... You. I saw someone yeah. walk right up to a mom and take a picture, it's like, Yeah, i like, I hope it bites idiots. you, and I hope it
0: knocks you off this cliff, mm-hmm. because you're stupid. Anyway, but don't do that. But the point is, you can come to San Diego and enjoy them from a distance, a safe distance, you're still pretty close, especially yeah. if you're up on, like, the cliff side, I mean, the seals don't go right there, usually, although they do kind of go a little lower down. Yeah. But there's, like, seagulls and stuff having little babies there, too, so it's really pretty. It's a really cute thing. But anyway, the point is, again, much like people want the children's pool pull back, although most people, I don't think, do, um... Where these little guys live, because of tourism, mostly, the beaches are being taken over where they would normally have the little pups, so they've had to innovate, and this is the title of the article, guys. World's rarest seals have a secret breeding cave in Cyprus, which sounds like something out of Greek mythology to me. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Um, okay, here we go. Also, this is talking about the monk seals. and apparently Mediterranean monk me- seal. Specifically the Mediterranean monk seal.
1: Although that... Could have been narrowed down. There's only two left.
0: Anywhos. Um, <laughs> And they assume there's only about 700 left, so that's why they're rare. Anywho's, So they've been caught on cameras in secret breeding caves in northern Cyprus, and they're providing hope that hopefully the species is going to be able to, you know, continue to boost their numbers by breeding somewhere. Um so anyway, essentially it's getting into skipping ahead, skipping heads. Um, <laughs> Due to human pressures such as bycatch and tourism. With the tourism, a lot of times it's be- people being on the beach, but also they're building hotels there a lot, so that's part of the problem. They've been forced to raise their pups inside cave systems rather than their usual open beaches on the island. And a new study using camera traps carried out by researchers from the University of Exeter in the UK and the Society for the Protection of Turtles... Yay! Uh-huh. Spot in Cyprus has revealed several previously unknown breeding caves in northern Cyprus. The first to be found along the north coast of the island. This is an article from Live Science, which I of course will be linking. Um, anyway, they basically found there's a few caves where they seem to be breeding their and breeding and having their pups, and at least one. I know they mentioned in the article. Um, One individual at least used the same cave for three rounds of pups, so obviously it's a good breeding cave, at least that one. Most of the caves, they don't really see them doing it, but there are a few caves that they do use this way. But anyway, they continue on to say that they've been forced into caves because for centuries, fishers across the Mediterranean have killed monk seals for a variety of reasons. The seals damage their fishing gear, they compete for the same fish prey, and the seal skin can be sold on the black market for its unsubstantiated health benefits, just like rhino horn don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then most recently, they have been captured for use in aquarium trade as performers. Don't do that, um, which is where you get into issues with the sea worlds and places of the world.
1: I don't know um, of any places that. Oh wait, no. No, I know there's one, a lot of
0: smaller like, touristy like, places too that do things like that. So anyway, um, meanwhile, the pinnipeds have lost habitat to the tourism tourism, excuse me, industry, according to the Seal Conservation Society in the UK. So, um, as we said historically, they use beaches, but they're not being able to because they keep being disturbed. So, by people, as usual. So, only a small number of caves monitor are suitable for pupping, according to the researchers. And then, in two thousand and seven, which was quite a while ago now, (laughs) um, a survey found thirty-nine breeding caves on the south coast of Cyprus. Although several have been uh, since have okay try that again. Although several have since been destroyed. that sucks they don't say if it's naturally or what but anywho um I lost where I was there we go uh but uh, but anyway but a lot of those there was no evidence that the seals were actually breeding in there so in 2016 we started seeing the first breeding surveys using camera traps placed in caves and then, yes, so out of the eight caves' monitors, the seals were using three for breeding. At one cave, this is where it's saying a single seal also managed to accessibly raise her pups three years in a row, suggesting that that cave is high-quality breeding site and could play an important role in keeping the population numbers up. And then, obviously, it talks about protecting the monk seals, so, like, you know, don't kill them, number one, <laughs> right? And then also trying to work with fishermen to... Um, have their, their nuts and stuff and all their equipment not catch them in bycatch. Usually what will happen is they'll get tangled in nuts and stuff and then they drown before they can be rescued. Which is really sad and terrible. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this. I'm just reading it <laughs> for this person's name. This area of coastline is being developed rapidly, especially for construction of hotels. Robin Snape. An what? Envi- <laughs> yes. <laughs> an environmental biologist at the University of Exeter. I don't know if it's Exeter. It's probably Exeter. It's British set in a statement, um, and the main breeding site we identify in the study currently has no protected status and we're working with local authorities to try changes. change this. So obviously now what they're working toward is protecting these caves so they can make sure that these poor seals can actually breed and continue to have babies mm-hmm. and exist, Yeah. <laughs> basically. So anyway, they're super duper cute and also we should just stop being terrible. Yeah. So it's kind of sad because like it makes sense when you're in that area, you want to go on the beach, but the little seals have to be able to grow up too.
1: Yeah. Monk seals, they're weird monk seals. They live in more tropical waters. Other seal species live in the polar regions and temperate waters. Yeah. Um, There's only two species monk seals left. There's the Mediterranean and the Hawaiian. Um, They're both endangered. There was a third one, uh, the Caribbean monk seal. It went extinct. How recently? Uh, Let me check. And...
0: But anyway, seal ingenuity. Last
1: confirmed sighting was in 1952.
0: Yeah. So seal ingenuity because people are terrible and we don't care about things other than Mm -hmm. ourselves, which we have learned this last year, at least in America, (laughs) as a population. Mm -hmm. But so we need more people to care and just, you know, remember that we have to leave room for them too. So I will be linking that article, of course. But... It is time to get into our picks, Casey. Yes. And Casey... It was my turn. This was actually Casey's turn this time, <laughs> which makes all the sense because the technical <laughs> term, I was like, "What? what is that? Um, yes. And then you chose what I would have chosen. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, okay. Yes. I'll get something else. Okay. Go for it, Casey. What was the What was the topic this time?
1: It was our favorite intertidal animal.
0: Yep. Because everyone knows what that means.
1: Yes. It's like tide pools in the rocky shore kind of habitat. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I went with the Ochre Sea Star.
0: Which is basically sea stars, isn't it? There's a bunch like of sea over... stars. Well, yeah, it's a bunch of them. But anyway, yeah. continue on.
1: It's a, my favorite. They're cool looking. <laughs> yes, and.
0: I'm the... sorry. It's your favorite because they're cool looking. Did you hear that? He used my reasoning for choosing something.
1: And they're important in the ecosystem. Okay, fine. <laughs> and they don't get the credit they deserve. I'll get into it. Oh snap. <laughs> yes, their scientific name is Pisaster Ocratius.
0: Pisaster? Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: They are found along the Pacific coast from Alaska down to Baja, California.
0: All right.
1: And they are found in the intertidal rocky shores as the topic suggests.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> They're about 25 to 45 centimeters across. They have kind of bulky arms for a sea star. Yeah. They look jacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um typical life in about four to six years uh, some um that lived in aquaria have been recorded up to 20 years
0: okay yeah.
1: and they come in a large variety of colors including reddish colors oranges purples brown reds
0: are these often the ones that when you go to an aquarium are in the little touch pools that you can touch or is that a different type
1: most of those were probably bat stars okay. because these guys are predators
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, children, stick your fingers in.
1: <laughs> well, that's like that's what I always love telling like my cousins if they ever go to an aquarium with the touch pool. It's like it's trying to kill you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, uh, most of the time because those are communal like tide pools, those are um, bat stars typically, okay. and then okra sea stars. You, you used to be able to find them in aquariums a lot too. Uh, that it would be in their own area. They'd actually be in the- yeah cuz they'll eat bad stars.
0: Oh no. Yes.
1: And these guys like are in a group a phylum called echinoderms.
0: Okay. It
1: translates to spiny skin.
0: That makes sense. Yes.
1: And they're one of our closest relatives.
0: Of course they are. And
1: <laughs> in, m- amongst invertebrates. Okay.
0: Yep,
1: yeah, cuz they're deuterostomes.
0: Whatever that is.
1: So when you're an embryo Mm-hmm. The, there's going to be a blastopore, which is when the embryo it's dividing 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 forms this little ball and then starts caving in on itself because that's going to form our digestive tract there's protostomes where the mouth develops first then there's deuterostomes where the anus develops first
0: of course that's the most important
1: because <laughs> when we're at some point we're all just assholes
0: <laughs> oh my god <gosh. laughs> for some people it never changes yes
1: anyway i've echinoderms are one of my favorite groups of animals because they're just so weird and not like any other kind of animal okay for example they have a unique pie plan in which they display pentaradial symmetry
0: okay (laughs) five (laughs) radius
1: (laughs) essentially yes it's five arm symmetry
0: okay oh so that's symmetrical yes that's nice. And that makes me happy because I don't like asymmetry. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, they usually are.
1: Yes. And that's a characteristic of all the kind of Even the ones that look bilaterally symmetrical, but they're not.
0: Oh, snap.
1: Yeah. And they don't have a brain. That's they.
0: Weird.
1: <laughs> they have what's called a nerve ring. It's, this, it's a literal ring of nerves in their main body and then extends out to all their arms.
0: What? How do they control everything?
1: Nerve impulses. <laughs> Jellyfish don't have a brain either. They have a nerve net.
0: So weird. Okay.
1: And they send electrical impulses and control their arms and all that right, good stuff. Right,
0: and all the movement and stuff, yeah. Yes.
1: And some have primitive eyes. They're not really eyes. They just detect light and dark. Mm-hmm. But that helps them navigate. And one of the, probably the coolest thing about echinoderms is they have a water vascular system.
0: Well, how does that work?
1: So they have this little pore on the top surface of the main body okay. and it's called a metaporite and water comes it's acts like a sieve, and water goes into that fills the water vascular system it goes out through all the arms and it helps control the two feet which are their little legs underneath all the arms okay and those act basically like a hydraulic system
0: so and that water just stays in there or does it ever
1: so what happens is the nerves will send impulses to the arms that causing it to contract and when it contracts the arm extends and then it can move around okay. like if it's going to walk or pull something apart
0: <laughs> the way you said that was so creepy like we're gonna get to that <laughs> we're gonna to get to that soon
1: <laughs> but yeah that's how they move around it's really cool it also helps with gas exchange and stuff They're like
0: basically that basically hydro words that i'm forgetting hydraulic that's what yep. i'm trying to go for there we go okay
1: yes and these guys are the top predator in the intertidal zones.
0: Oh, snap.
1: Yes. They prey mainly on mussels.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. And that's the ripping apart. Yes. They use their muscles to rip apart. Yes,
1: muscles. they will, using their tube feet, they walk around all the mussels. They'll try to look for a little opening, and then they'll attach their tube feet and start prying open um, the shell. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because their muscles can stay locked in for hours.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: And then it just slowly keeps prying open and open and open and open until the mussel shell is open enough where, this is a really cool thing, mm. it ejects its stomach out of its body into the shell.
0: Ew. <laughs> Releases
1: digestive juices. <gasps> and then it digests the muscle outside of its body, then slurps it all
0: up. Ew, that's so <laughs> weird. So the poor little mussel is basically melted? Yes.
1: It's awesome. I hope
0: it goes fast. It's slow. (laughs) I don't like sea stars as much. (laughs) Is that how the bat stars do it too?
1: Bat stars are herbivores. They'll just eat algae.
0: Okay, great. So I should have chosen. Well, I didn't get to choose the starfish at all, but I would have chosen them because they're cool.
1: (laughs) Yes. And not only are they important, the top predator, they're also what's called a keystone species.
0: Meaning that if something happens to them, they're a good indicator of something going wrong, or what does that mean?
1: It means things go to shit. Okay, yeah,
0: gotcha.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so a keystone species, a lot of times you'll hear that refer to sea otters, but it also applies to several sea star species, because they keep the mussel population in check. Gotcha. And without them, mussels go out of control and take over all the space, and nothing else can grow in the tide
0: roots. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: And the the term keystone species was actually coined using this species.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: But most people attribute it to sea otters.
0: Okay. Yep. I don't contribute it to sea otters. I was not aware of that was I thought it was like something for like wolves or some other terrestrial wolves planet.
1: would probably be considered keystone as well. Okay. Although some people will expand the definition and just apply it to every single predator out there. <laughs> and it's like, this is not how you use it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. And they've actually the ecologists that um, was Robert Payne, um, and how they discovered this is by in an area they would remove all the sea stars that they found, and then it was the intertidal zone was just nothing but mussels. Gotcha. Yep. And these guys have not been assessed by the IUCN Red List. Really? Yes.
0: They would be so easy to study. They're in tide mm. pools, for goodness sake. <laughs> okay. Yep.
1: I remember I used to find these guys on, like, if you go to the Oceanside, there's this thing called a wharf, where it's mm-hmm. just this line of rocks with a little pat.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. We used to go out there and flash yeah. the Navy ships. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: I never see sea stars anymore.
0: I don't think I ever saw sea stars out there. No, oh, yeah? I didn't go that much,
1: though. I remember I got pissed off at of these people once before, though, because they were t- picking off the sea stars from the rocks.
0: Mm, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. What did they do with them after? I just don't know. them?
1: I have no idea what.
0: People are, stupid. People are stupid. They are,
1: and now sea star populations are declining rapidly. As have, I mentioned earlier, because why?
0: What, because of the sea star wasting syndrome. The wasting thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Ocean acidification also acidification, is not helping.
0: Yeah,
1: that too. <laughs> but yeah, that's the ochre sea star.
0: All right. Well, apparently I should have gone with the bat sea star thing, <laughs> um, but I it was, it was too difficult for me to be like, what kind of sea stars? I'll do something different. And these are cool. And when you go to tide pools, yes. you will usually find these as well. And I'm pretty sure I've definitely seen this type before. But I don't poke these. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you very gently touch these because it will <laughs> hurt. Um, so I went with the purple sea urchin because it's a beautiful color. And they're yes. so pretty. Mm-hmm. And they just look like a giant, like, triple with spines. You don't know Star Trek. That makes no sense to you. Anyway, moving along. I'm offended. <laughs> Do you know what a triple is? No. Exactly. <laughs> That's OG Star Trek. Although I definitely learned I know. it. Through d Space Nine, but that's okay. Anyway, oh my God. Give me strength to get through this name. First of all, Strongy. Strongy. What? Unless oh, it's Strong Jill, but Strongy Losentrotus Perparatis. Yep, that's it. They live along the Pacific Coast, ranging from Alaska to Mexico. They live along intertidal zone, Um, And can also be found in the giant kelp forest. So that's cool. And they range from about five to 10 centimeters in diameter. Estimated they could live into their 20s. That's great. I never even thought about the lifespan of like sea urchin. Mm -hmm. They are herbivores and will eat a variety of algae. Will catch algae drifting around on their spines, then use their tube feet to transport it to their mouth, which is located on the underside. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. You don't want that to be exposed. Its mouth is called Aristotle's Lantern. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. yeah Why is it called that? Does it say?
1: It probably was found by Aristotle. There
0: you go. Um while he was holding a lantern at night in the bedroom, <laughs> apparently. That's what I'm going with. It,
1: that's ca- it, it honestly does, I've seen them. It does resemble a lantern a bit.
0: Okay. Um, anyway, so the mouth is called an Aristotle's lantern and has five teeth in it to scrape up and break down algae you need teeth to break down algae i guess it's like eating like it's any like plant jump, 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 yeah jump. um and then sometimes sea urchins can grow into huge number and act like a swarm of locusts and mow down entire kelp forests. that should be a b movie a b yeah. horror movie but i have seen it where there's like a bazillion of them
1: yeah i've been to catalina we have problem there's problems with sea urchins Overpopulating, destroying kelp forests. You can look at photographs. It's not at all near what it used to be.
0: As far as the kelp forests go, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It used to there. be all over flakes. place. Now there's just patches. Like little
0: locusts, although they're not that little, but still. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, so like sea stars and other, yep, echinoderms.
1: Echinoderms. Achim.
0: Echinoderms.
1: And I just used that term.
0: You did, but it was too <laughs> long ago. Echinoderms. They display, yep pentaradial. Symmetry. You just said it's pentaradial. That's why I was like, wait, it was five radius. <laughs> um, yep. Pentaradial symmetry. Um, if you were to curl up the arms of a sea star into a ball shape, it would give you the basic body plan of an urchin. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm taking yep. a picture I'm like okay. Um, the primary predators of sea urchins include the sea otter and some species of sea star, probably yours, right? Yep. Your dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. You're douchebag, Sea Star.
1: But your urchin's not a douchebag for destroying kelp
0: force? <laughs> the sea otters can have them. <laughs> I don't like this, like slowly prying things and melt and melting them slowly. Sea otters are like I'm done. Um. Anyway.
1: Well, actually, they beat it with a rock first.
0: <laughs> That's still a better death. You're still dying faster, aren't you? Um. I just want to see a sea otter die. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, Where was I? Yes, okay. Some species of sea stars, and then um, the species has not been assessed by the IUCN Red List, which again seems weird since tidal pools and mm-hmm. easy to access, but whatever. Anyway, they're cool looking, and um, you can touch them in tide—not like not like wild tide pools, mm-hmm. but like you know aquarium tide pools. And I wouldn't poke them too much because they can mm-hmm. be sharp little things. Yes, I've definitely seen them. But you touch life. them, they—they move. They, uh, yeah, <laughs> they move for sure. Yep. Um,
1: you can see they little tube feet.
0: I don't think I've seen the two feet on those. Yep. Anyway, but um, but I've definitely seen those at our tide pools here too. So um yeah, San Diego is pretty sweet for wildlife. Obviously, yep. our stuff's pretty cool down here. Yeah. Anywho, but yeah, so that is the purple sea urchin, the prettiest of the sea urchins. And continuing with a obviously because we're in the Pacific Ocean now. Yes. With our um aquatic themes. We're gonna go into our animal of the week, which, well, I'll get to that in a moment. Our yeah. animal of the week is
1: the sailfish.
0: Every time I see it, even when I was looking at pictures, just in my head, I was just saying "sail." Oh my god! Because <laughs> I just imagine them like jumping out of the water, and it's like. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Also, they look a lot like swordfish, kind of, but or they well, a they're big both swordfish.
1: species of billfish.
0: Yeah, so makes sense, but they're yep. cool. Anyway, tell us about them, Casey. Yes.
1: So these guys come in the order Istioformifees, Istioform.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't talk.
1: Istioformifees, for a This
0: is a struggle. Try again.
1: <laughs> the order. Isteophoriformes.
0: Isteophoriformes? Yes. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Nailed it. Oh no, here comes another struggle.
1: The family Isteophoridae. Okay. Species name is Isteophorus platypterus.
0: Oh my gosh. Why do they make this so complicated?
1: (laughs) Uh, It might be a type genus and that's why it's all the same. Okay. As the name suggests. By the way, this is specifically the Indo-Pacific sailfish.
0: Indo-Pacific? Yes. Okay. Got it.
1: Cool. As the name suggests, it is found both in the Indian and Pacific Ocean. Yep. Yep. And lives primarily in tropical waters, but sometimes will be found in the more temperate zones. Okay. And it's estimated they live between 13 to 15 years. Okay. Which is honestly a bit longer than I'd expect. Really? Yes, because they're very fast, so I expect high metabolism Mm -hmm. and shorter lifespan. Uh, the average, about one and a half meters long, and weighs about 70 kilograms. Okay. But these guys are also caught for sport, and among the large trophy specimens, they are, can get up to three meters long and Ooh. 100 kilograms. Wow. Yes. And they prey on a large variety of fish, including mackerel, sardines, and anchovies.
0: That's the same as the penguins and stuff, isn't it? Yes. Well, a lot of those are the same. Bait fish. Penguins. Yeah, okay.
1: Yep. And they're easily recognizable as a species of billfish because the bill. Mm-hmm. And they also have that very distinctive sail on their back which gives yes. them their name.
0: They look like they have a sword on their nose and they have a very, like you said, it's almost like a dragon. Like yep. If you thought there's a dragon through the water, you saw just that little fin thing sticking up, the sail sticking up, I'd go, like, oh no. Yep.
1: And the cool thing about them is that when they need to take off really quickly, they can fold that sail down to reduce drag so they can go really quick.
0: Nice. Okay. Yes.
1: And they will also use that fin along with flashing colors on their side because they do have chromatophores Ooh. to fraction up their colors to communicate both with other sailfish, and they'll also like use it to corral fish into a bait ball.
0: Huh. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And they are among the fastest fish in the ocean.
0: Okay.
1: They can reach speeds of 110 kilometers per hour.
0: Holy snap. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. Yes. I just imagine them running each ho- into each other with those noses, though, and impaling each other.
1: Well, that's why they use those chromatophores on their side. They communicate to each it's other. On your left. On your left. <laughs> Essentially.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But they usually don't gather in large numbers, but sometimes they will work together to, like, make a bait, get, ball, make a bait ball so they can easy pickings. Mm-hmm. Again, that is when they're moving really fast. The cruising speed's more like probably 15 kilometers per hour. Okay. Yep. And they have what's called a fusiform body plan. Did like a fuselage? <laughs>
0: what is this?
1: I don't know what a fuselage <laughs> is. It's like um,
0: torpedoes and stuff. Okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> actually, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It basically, it I always say it means it's bullet-shaped. which okay. What it really means is it tapers on both ends. Okay,
0: all right. It
1: makes them very hydrodynamic and helps them being very quick, agile predators. Okay. And they will hunt schools of fish and they will actually corral them, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And then they'll dive in and shake their bill back and forth real quick and stun the fish, or sometimes even kill them, then go gobble them up.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yep. And like I said earlier, they'll work together. <laughs> Swimming
0: fast, then. <laughs> yep. Oh, this must look ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yes, but it's efficient.
0: Oh, it's fine. I'm just like, I just kind of want to watch it.
1: <laughs> and due to the fact they get large and they're so fast, it's they have very few natural predators. It's suspected they may fall prey to some pelagic sharks and orca. Okay. I believe they have been observed being hunted by makos. Okay. Given that makos are very fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Have to be fast.
1: <laughs> yes. And how they catch their prey is interesting. Well, the makos, they go after their tail fins. Because oh, then they're rudderless without it.
0: Oh, shit. They're yeah. just disabled them. Mm-hmm. That sucks.
1: Yes. And these guys are currently listed as least concerned by the IUC Red list.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why they're still allowed to be, not hunted, but... Yeah, because
1: we don't, they, they're, they're sport fish that are not something we catch commercially, mm-hmm. so it's not like we're going out with trawl nets catching yeah. sailfish. Sometimes they're caught as bycatch, especially with long lines, they'll go after fish on there, then they get stuck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, they're a fish that's only really caught for sport.
0: Which I still don't like, but... Neither do I.
1: Also, <laughs> it's very
0: unhealthy. As far as eating or just doing it,
1: eating. Also, one time I saw a video of a, a guy like jump a sailfish. I think it was actually a swordfish. Mm-hmm. It jumped onto the back of the boat, got him in the throat. <gasps> he lived, but Holy boy, snap. it was ugly.
0: Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily feel bad. Yeah. I'm like, you're having so like. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But
1: um, yeah. a reason it's not healthy is because of what's called bioaccumulation. Things like. Mercury Same thing and tuna, yeah. other kinds of chemicals in the water. A bunch of little fish will eat those, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the bigger fish have to eat yeah. a bunch of those, and then even bigger fish have to eat a bunch of That's those. Why you can't fish.
0: eat a lot of tuna? Yeah,
1: and then you get to the top of the fruit chain, and they're just full yeah. of toxins.
0: But also, I don't think people who are sport fishing are eating them because usually it's yeah posted, mm-hmm. not posted, but it's <laughs> mounted. That's yeah, more
1: the I find that so bizarre, honestly.
0: Same, I'm like. <laughs> I feel like you're compensating, compensating <laughs> something. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're super cool looking and they're very distinctive and you will when you see them you'll be like, Oh, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Probably is a hunting trophy, but yeah. or not hunting trophy, but fishing trophy. Mm-hmm. Sport trophy being the point. But um all right, well is that is that our sailfish?
1: That is the sailfish. That's
0: our sailfish, like we own them. Um, so Casey. Allie. <laughs> Oh, he's confused by something. Yes. Um, what do you call an aquatic, well, we'll say aquatic, we'll say marine mammal dressed in a blue suit?
1: Aquamarine? I don't know.
0: <laughs> a Navy SEAL. <laughs> <My gosh. laughs> I like it. All right, well, that brings us to the challenge, Casey. All righty. All so we're just gonna go back and forth for today's challenge. Ooh, blue, uh, Azul. What?
1: Azul, blue, azul.
0: What's that, which language? Spanish. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> what? Did you not watch Dora the Explorer? No, I'm too uh, old for uh, Dora <laughs> the Explorer.
1: You're never too old.
0: <laughs> it's
1: like I saying mean, you're too old for Spidey Pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't watch that.
1: My brother did drug my mom nuts. <laughs>
0: Anyway, so today's category is kind of pop culture related.
1: Good lord. So we're going
0: to just go back and forth. Let's give ourselves three minutes.
1: Three minutes. Three
0: minutes. All right. Back and forth. And today, what we're going to do is name a song title that has an animal in it. So <laughs> he's like already over this.
1: I'm so going to lose.
0: Example, it would be I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Obviously, we can't use that one. Yeah. Okay? Are you ready? Yes. Do you want to go first? Or do I you will go, go first? first. Okay, ready? Go. I have the tiger. I have the most obvious one, yes. Um, Crocodile Rock.
1: Who Let the Dogs Out.
0: Good job, good job. I don't know if that's the name of that song. Hard Day's Night? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, why am I losing my mind right now? Rock and Robin. It's mine. Blackbirds. Blackbirds. Lingen Park. Oh, I should know this because it's going to be offensive to you, but I believe it's Eye on the Sparrow. It's a religious song.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Mark that properly.
1: This is where we fail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh.
0: It's okay. I don't have a ton.
1: Oh my goodness. Can I just say, Papa (laughs) Roach?
0: Like the artist? Yes!
1: No. Um, I'll,
0: we'll broaden it. Mid thing, we'll broaden it. If, as long as there's like a main lyric or like a main chorus that has an animal name, you can do that too. Because sometimes I don't know the actual name of the song. Oh anyway.
1: my gosh.
0: Go start doing Disney movies, dude.
1: Oh, i am thinking about Lion King. I <laughs> want Lion King. No, there's the no
0: more. Um. There's literally one in Lion King. Simone and Pumbaa sing it. Actually, I think, yeah, they both sing it. It's right before Pumbaa gets hunted by Nala.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're gonna fail.
0: <gasps> Can I cheat? No! Why can't I think?
1: <laughs> Lion prays tonight.
0: He prays? He sleeps! Sleeps! Well, I'm gonna that to you, but no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> i go Stray Cat Strut. There's a cat one from a Disney movie. Cats is in the title. We Are
1: Siamese.
0: That's not really, a, they don't say they're Siamese cat though.
1: No, that's like, oh, We Are song, Siamese. That's the song though. Yeah. Because
0: it's what it's called. We'll give you that. That is the title of that song. Um, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from Arista
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> There's a country song. Nope. <laughs> um. Nope. nope. It's a uh, song, too.
0: Oh, we're gonna,
1: we're gonna die. Yeah. Oh, a lot of. Prince Ali mentioned animals a bunch.
0: You're not gonna say they just mention animals a bunch, it has to be like the main part of a chorus. That was terrible. Yes. All right, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wait, I missed it. One, two. I didn't do normal hash thingies, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We got ten in three minutes. That was pretty bad. Um, Octopus's Garden.
1: (laughs) I don't know that. It's
0: a Beatles song. (laughs) How dare you?
1: (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Anyway, so that did not go well. (laughs) I expected it to go slightly better. But um, there you have it. I bet there are people listening, just going like, "This, yeah. this, this, this." is yeah. <laughs> not save a horse, ride a cowboy. Is that the name of the song? Yeah,
1: I don't uh, know. No, country.
0: No. It's, but it's in that song a lot. So
1: I don't like country.
0: Same, but <laughs> I know that that exists. So anyway, so that was rough. But <laughs> that brings us to the end of episode thirty-five of the Animal Addicts podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're your host, Allie.
1: And Casey. And
0: we'll catch you on the next episode of Animal Addicts Podcast. Have a fabulous week. Woo!